Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. What's happening, weirdos? Happy Friday. Happy uh, bonus episode. This is a uh, not normal episode uh, of You Made It Weird. I hope it's still very, very interesting to you. It was utterly fascinating to me. Uh, We're going to call this Inside Pete's Brain with Dr. Tim Royer. He is uh, the founder of NeuroCore. If you want to learn more, it's theneurocore.com. The reason I say that, they're not paying us. That's not a sponsored uh, thing. This was just something very interesting to me. Uh, You know we like talking about uh, brains and, and brain function and all that sort of stuff. So Tim is somebody that uh, hooked me up to some, some uh, thingies. I don't even know what they're called. Thingies and, uh, and, and put my brain on a computer screen. And I think the conversation should be very, very interesting. We're going to put the pictures that I'm talking about. We took a bunch of photos of what was happening and they are on Nerdist.com on this episode. So go to Nerdist.com, go to podcasts, find this episode and the pictures will be posted there just so you have an idea of what we're talking about. If you don't uh, see the pictures, it basically looks like pie charts and graphs and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so you can you can picture that. If you're listening to this at work, don't worry. You don't have to have that page open to understand what we're going for. Basically, uh, Rob Bell, uh, my friend, who you know from the show, um, invited me over, didn't tell me what it was. He just said, I want, I want you to do this, and I want you to record it. And it was such a fun time. We thought it would be a good bonus episode. So, Tim... Uh, Tim Royer is a friend of Rob Bell, so this is in the Forbes series, and those have all been great, the Friends of Rob Bell series. So I hope you enjoy this. Uh, Like I said, we don't get into really talking about religion or sex. We just talk about the brain. That's why it's a little bit shorter, Uh, but it's certainly funny and a fun time, and I hope you enjoy it. Uh, Let's see. I plugged him. There's no ad. If you would like to come and see me, I'm going to be in Portland uh, on the 19th and 20th. I'm going to be in uh, Just for Laughs, Toronto. Uh, February 25th and 26th. I'm going to be in Lou... Uh, wait, somebody told me how to say this. They both rhyme with Rule. Louisville. 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 I'm going to be in Louisville. Louisville. I like saying Louisville. I'm going to be in Louisville, Kentucky at the Iroquois Amphitheater. That's one show with Maria Bamford, Tommy Jonigan, and Chris there on the 27th of September. That's going to be awesome. Madison Comedy Fest in Madison, Wisconsin. That's October. Uh, then after that, we're going to have Arizona, Chicago, San Diego... Boston at the Dice, Bloomington, Indiana, and Washington, D.C. All of these are available at PeteHolmes.com, guys. Hope you can come it out. Weirdos always make the best audiences, and it's awesome meeting you guys uh, after each of the shows. So hope you can make it out. In the meantime, enjoy this bonus episode. Uh, We'll do these as much as we can, guys. I know you guys are enjoying the Fridays, and I am too, and we're backing up enough that I feel like we should be able to do it. Like I said, no ad. Go to youmadeitweird.com if you feel like donating, which is great because Katie had a uh, a weird paddleboarding accident. She was uh, blackout drunk, and she took her paddleboard out uh, into the ocean, but she accidentally just started paddleboarding on the beach, which wouldn't have been a problem, but uh, she hit a a billionaire, like an affluent billionaire who was fanning himself with uh, $100 bills in the face, and he is suing her for, uh, you know, not a lot, like 50 or 60 bucks. So if we can get, like, 10 people to donate at youmadeitweird.com, she should be fine, and we'll be able to buy her uh, bubbles. She just loves bubbles. They just calm her down so, so much. And uh, aspirin for the headache from the hangover. All right. Enjoy, everybody. Dr. Tim Royer, NeuroCore. It's weird. It's like science fiction. You're going to enjoy. All right. 
believe we can. <laughs> this is all. This no. is. Wait, that is not a cool recorder. It looks cool, doesn't it? What do you do with that? Is that like a taser too? <laughs> it looks exactly like a taser. Look at this. This should be. I hope it doesn't pick up the whirring of your. Uh, there we go. Here, scoot in a little bit. Sure. Just so we're close. There oh, we go. you want me near that? Okay, yeah, gotcha. kind of-ish. Oh, so I don't even know your name. This is so bizarre. Okay, okay, you tell us how... Oh, well, Especially when we're this yeah. close, and now... Like, you, we're Rob, interested. you have to sit here. I'm sorry. It's okay. the only way it's going to work. <laughs> so, how, what's the best way for the podcast? Yeah, what that's, that's getting you. At home. How do you want to do it? Well, we, we just go, okay. and let's explain what's happening. Like, okay. this will be part of the podcast. I know, I know, I <laughs> That's know. why I was like, I didn't even want to meet you. That's fine. And that, and that, no. I do want to meet you, yeah. but I'd like to record it. You'll so meet on, yeah. That's what, right now. Mm-hmm. So to give a little, a little background, there's a, a, a number of reasons why this is different. Where It's the evening. It's 8 o'clock. I never do this in the evening. Mm-hmm. Two, uh, we're at, at Rob's house, if you don't mind me saying. Yes. And, uh, we are. <laughs> I don't mind. We're in your office, and Rob and I were paddleboarding just this past weekend. In fact, we were just talking about uh, sharks and stuff, and we were paddling, and there were these two dolphins. I didn't know they were dolphins coming. Just fins. Same MO as a shark. Two dolphins coming at me very quickly, like as close as... Is that a piano? Yes. you have a piano? I have a piano in my Yes. I play it, too. I didn't know you had a piano. It's good. I bet you are. I played your guitar. I play the burp song. <laughs> He has small children. Anyway, the two two dolphins coming at me, and you go, "Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness!" In a way that my first question was, "Oh, it's a shark," and this is how I die. <laughs> but it wasn't. It was majestic dolphins. But now we're now we're here, and he said that this weekend you got to meet my friend Tim, and then he goes, "I'm not even going to tell you anything about him," right? Which means uh, we can do whatever. Sure. Where? Who are you? <laughs> so I've known Tim. Tim and I've been friends for ten years. Yeah. And he he. Did you go to Wheaton? No, I no. went to Cedarville. Didn't get into Wheaton. Yeah. He, I wasn't good enough. No, I, I didn't. I didn't get enough. into Wheaton. That's I tough. Didn't. I I got into Gordon and not Wheaton. There we go. Well, what We're in the same boat. What is that school? Is that a Christian college? Cedarville. Yeah. It in is Cedarville, Ohio. The Metropolitan. Okay, at least you're near Wheaton. I was a flight you could have driven. <laughs> we, we only judge Christian colleges with how close they are to Wheaton. It's like if you live in Jersey, you just say how close you are to Manhattan. Exactly. <laughs> so you didn't go to college together, but you knew each other 10 years ago, which was what? In Gra- uh, we met in, in Grand, Grand Rapids. Rapids. Post college. And then they were going to be out here, and I thought, you have to meet him, and he has to do the thing that he does. That he's like a global expert in. I see E E G. Global expert. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I like that. Because you're what's your thing? Acclaimed author. Yeah, you're acclaimed author. He's global expert, <laughs> and I'm just a knucklehead. But I got to tell you, Gentry Lee and uh, and Science Mike and all uh, the, we call it the Friends of Rob Bell, the Forbes series. Uh-huh. So the more I think the merrier. For three on this one. You, I think you are. It, it, it just is. You know what I mean? Like life just is. Unhappiness comes with comparison and all that sort of stuff. This this is the best episode already. You don't have to worry about. It. I'm, I'm even taking my jacket off. Rob, before we do this, oh no, Tim, you talk a little bit. I'm sorry. Sure, it's no problem. You did you go to Mars Mars Hill or something? How did you meet Rob? I did go to Mars Hill. We had a, a mutual friend uh, who said, "Hey, you got to meet Rob and you got to take a look at his brain." <laughs> I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing, but yeah. that was the intro to Rob Bell. Was you got to take a look at his brain? For under what? Uh, what? Why? 
Well, I think at that point it was really to try to help Rob uh, from a make his brain stronger. Really? And also from, I think we were all very interested, how does he tick and what does his brain look like? Yeah. Tim, I'm going to be thrilled if I just heard, uh, what podcast was it, Radio Lab or something, where they were talking about sending, people are even building these things on their own, you can see it on YouTube, little uh, batteries and sending pulses and stuff to certain parts of their brain. Yeah. Did you see, have you heard about that? Yeah. Is that that's your field. Well, we don't send anything into the brain. So what we do is we actually read the electrical activity through... Already occurring. Yeah. And then through the computer, we provide a reward system to actually change the electrical activity by rewarding the brain when it does the right thing. What? (laughs) What do you mean? Well... (laughs) What are you going to reward my brain with? Whenever... Well, you have a a different... uh, You have a variety of brain waves. Yeah. Some that are very helpful for you. Uh, some you don't want to use at certain times. And so what we want to do is tell the brain every time it's using the right brainwave, we want to say that's exactly what we want you to use versus the ones that are related to anxiety or lack of focus. We don't want to use those when we're trying to do different things through life. That's what we're doing today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. Wait, we should interrupt. You're a neuropsychologist. Yes. Your doctorate is? In clinical neuropsychology. So it's all like... Flat out science, like straight up. Science. That's science. But you know what I mean. It's not like wacky. It's not like we're gonna give you a stone and pour water over it, and we're gonna have like a right. It's it's yeah. legit. You're legit, and you did this. So he's gonna hook up your brain, and we're gonna look at your brain waves on that computer screen. Before we do that, and it's, is that your wife who's gonna watch? Yeah, that was Amy. Which is great. She's totally welcome. Yeah. I just wanted to get the intro out of the way, just the three of us. Uh, how did you get into this? What? What? Why? It's a good question. Yeah. yeah. Um, out of graduate school, um, I got a great job at a large children's hospital in Michigan, and became uh, within a couple years the division chief of pediatric psychology. And there, we assessed all kinds of individuals' brains, and started to see that a lot of people are getting misdiagnosed with things, mm-hmm. especially kids. Like mis- autism and stuff. Well, ADHD is ADHD a big one, is a better one. Yeah. And so what we found is when we really tested individuals well and really looked at their brains, that there are a lot of times there's other things going on besides uh, ADHD that could actually be treated. And so from there, I started to look at uh, the neuroscience that was available to actually change the brain besides just giving kids medicine all the time. Fucking A. Yep. <laughs> That's great. And, um, <laughs> so currently, 80% of the people that come to us on meds, we're able to get them off meds in three months. You shut your mouth. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. You know, that, what a noble pursuit. Isn't what a great cool? pursuit. Yeah. yeah. So I'm interested in... Uh, one second. How many <laughs> people <laughs> are diagnosed with ADD Good or question. ADHD and, and it's actually the wrong diagnosis? Yeah, we see uh, 60 to 70% of people who think they have ADHD or they went in and somebody just uh, had them check off some boxes on a checklist. Right. When we actually look at their brain, they don't have ADHD. Right. They've got something else. Right, right, right. Which the first thing they do is get put on medicine. And it's like, well, that's the wrong medicine because you don't have the right diagnosis. Of course. Yeah. And then I, tinkering in the brain is, is, a, is a very dangerous thing. I, I mean, I'm certainly an armchair nothing. I don't, I'm not even, you know, I don't even know the word. But I'm just saying uh, that could lead to depression, that could lead to irrevocable damage and all that sort of stuff, right? Yeah, usually what happens is there's some type of side effect that develops because you didn't use the right thing because you didn't get the right diagnosis. Yeah. And then you get put on a second, third medicine. I would see kids 
five years of age on the ICU because they'd been put on four or five psychotropic medicines, and it basically shut their brain down. That gets concerning when that's happening all the time. It sure does. Yeah. Uh, this does sound like Scientology to me, doesn't it? <laughs> like if we were in a Scientology center, because they're very against uh, psychotropic yeah. drugs, and, they, and they're, one of their big causes is to get kids off of medicine. It's just kind of funny uh, what setting has to do with things. Here in Rob's exactly. house, I'm like, absolutely. But if we were at the Scientology Center, I'd be like, I don't know, you fellas, and I, I would leave. Is this a Scientology scam, Rob? Come clean. <laughs> okay, just getting that out of the way. <laughs> no, I'm very interested in that. Yeah, I, I, I think funny. medicine in general is, uh, is, is super-duper over, over-prescribed. Yeah. And, and that's an illness industry sort of thing. So now, we're looking at my brain. Yeah. Just on the way in, Tim, I was thinking, I sent myself an email. I was like, I gotta, I was going to ask Rob, because we talked about creative process. Rob likes to write in the morning. And I was like, today I had a good writing day. I'm working on that thing. And I really banged through like half of the second thing. And I was really proud nice. of myself. And I was like, why don't I just do that? Why don't I just get up? And write every day. It's, it's talk about rewards. Mm-hmm. I even did reward myself. I eat pretty healthy, but I ate like th- like Thai food, which is my guilty pleasure, because I was literally in the physical wor- world rewarding myself for having done the work today. I was like, I deserve egg rolls. Yeah. So it sounds like you want to do that on like a neurological level. Exactly. Create an interface. Yeah. Well, we want to create a brain-computer <laughs> interface. We want you to let the, the computer show us what your brain is doing from moment to moment. And every brain passes in some really good brainwave activity uh, over a three or four minute span. And we want to reward it when it does that. When it goes out into these ranges where it's going too fast or too slow, we want to tell the brain, don't be doing that. We can also do that with creative waves, which are alpha waves. So if somebody's a writer and they want more alpha activity, we can use the computer (laughs) to teach that brain to have more alpha activity. No. And we're taking a photo. Yeah. This is my shocked face. <laughs> no way. Because the th- okay, so I bet that you could speak to this. Because the yeah. other thing I wrote in that email to myself, I was like, "You gotta dedicate the mornings to writing." I, I tend to be pretty easy on myself. I love myself. I love my own process. I, I respect it. If you're gonna get up at four in the morning and write something down, that's just as fine as having a regiment. I don't have a job. You know what I mean? I don't mind being a little bit rock and roll in that way. But then I was like, I buy all these books. So many of them were Rob Bell recommendations, and then I never read them, and I hate that part of myself. And I, so in the email, I was like, just pick five of them to read over the next five months and like prioritize it. I wonder if there is there a way to, because when I have, I don't have ADD, but when my brain is jumping around is when I'm reading. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I'll read something and it makes me think of something, and that's what makes me a creative person. I'm, I, I visualize. And I hallucinate a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. So is that kind of something? Get the, I don't need more books. <laughs> yes. The answer is to how is yes. Irving Stone, Lust for Life. I'm picking out your five books. The, I already have them. No, you, you have the wrong one. They're, they're Rob Bell recommendations. Yeah, well, there's five more. One is, uh, what is it? Uh, I'm sure I have some others here. Christianity makes surprising sense, that one. Anyway. Is that kind of in your field? Yeah. Could you look at my brain when I'm reading and go, oh, Pete's, Pete's thinking about boobies or whatever. Yeah. We can actually, like, uh, we'll do in a classroom setting where we yeah. have a series of kids hooked up. And I can tell you, uh, without the teacher knowing, which kid isn't focusing 
and which one is because we're looking at their brainwave activity. So, so the same thing cool. with you. So you're there and all of a sudden something catches your uh, thought pattern and you start running with it in another direction. Well, you start using another set of brainwaves that maybe you shouldn't really be using right at that moment if you're trying to accomplish the specific task of staying focused on that. And right. teaching your brain to be more disciplined with that is really not that complicated. You shut your mouth. Nice. You want to get your, your wife now that we've had a little, how you do? Could she sit there just yeah. so I could see her? Yeah, what's what's her name, Rob? Call, Amy. Call in Amy, would you mind? Yeah, and Amy's uh I do want to read those books. That's just going to freak me out. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. She works for uh, the, our company as the uh, clinical nurse over all of the uh, different cases and stuff. Oh, cool. So, Hi. Hello. <laughs> You're not Amy. Hello, Kristen. <laughs> Hello. Would you mind? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, could you bring that chair over there just so I can kind of see everybody? Yeah. You can go right there. Right that's that's a reptile brain thing right there. I don't want somebody behind you. Behind me. I got that. Right? Yeah. It freaks I've me out. I've already noticed that one. <laughs> can, can you speak to one thing, too, that I was thinking yeah. about on the way in? Does the mind make consciousness or does it restrict consciousness? Does the mind make consciousness? Yeah. Do you have any, any thoughts well, on that? Well, I would sort of say thing? that... That brainwave activity does that. The brain makes the mind, and, and the mind is, is yeah. what's interpreting this thing that we call the room. Yeah, and so what happens is sometimes that electrical current can start running too slow. Yeah. And we lose the connectivity with what it is that we're trying to do. And that's really kind of the origins of a true ADHD brain. Is when really? The, is when the brain starts to run too slow. Whoa. Yeah. What about with like the case of my father, who I just, I think he has... Like, I, I, I've often joked you can't spell dad without ADD because he yeah. was just so all over the place. But in that, like, super hyper creative, I think my dad really is a genius yeah. in, in his way. Like, he juggles 15 things. So it's not, as Michelle Obama said, uh, Obama would often leave the butter out. He's running the free world, but he can't remember to leave the butter out. Similarly, my father, like, can't remember certain things or can't really be bothered with certain things. So it often seems like... ADD. When really I feel like if I could hook him up to this, I would get a better appreciation for yeah. what his brain is really good at. <laughs> yeah, what I've learned, I mean, I've seen over 40,000 brains. And <laughs> what I've learned is the You're more... such a slut. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I've seen all the dark recesses. Yeah, you've really gotten in there. <laughs> but what I've learned is the more I see the brain, the more I... I realized that I don't really know until I actually look at the brain. You know, I used to, when I was younger, you know, a mom would bring their kid in and Billy would be all over the place and I'd kind of rub my chin and say, oh, he's got ADHD. You know, now I realize Billy comes in, he's bouncing all over the place. I have no idea what he has until I look at his brain. So like your dad, that could either be a brain that's running too fast. Yeah. That is creating ADHD-like symptoms. Yeah. Or it could be a brain that's super creative, but every once in a while has to take a break, and so it shuts down a little bit, and that looks more ADHD. You really don't know until you actually look inside the brain, and that's a problem right now with the way we're diagnosing things. Is people nobody's looking at the brain? Right. We're throwing crap in there, right. which I'm not opposed to medicine, but they're throwing stuff in there without really looking at it. I know? would have been put on medicine hands down if if it I would have been put <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting, the overactive thing is, is that is a lot of my personal plight. It's not a bad thing. It's just like I'm dealing with a brain that often I sleep a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'll do mindless things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think anybody... But like a lot. Like 10 hours is not abnormal. But it's because I'm looking for some sort of uh, respite from this constant stimuli. It really... 
Are you familiar with the superhero Daredevil? He's the guy who has the heightened senses. I have heard of him. Well, he sleeps in a deprivation tank because he can't handle gotcha. like the world sort okay. of thing. So oftentimes I kind of relate to that sort of feeling that there's just too much happening. It's almost like I give myself that excuse where I'm like, I think I'm perceiving more. Kristen, I hope you don't mind me bringing you into that. That, that goes into my uh, introversion where I'm like, I'm at a party and I'm just, I feel like I'm picking up on so much more than maybe like our friend David or somebody who's like a little bit more devil may care and is just seeing, I don't know what he's seeing, but it's not what I'm seeing because what I'm seeing is like, we got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> a lot of chaos. Just a lot of chaos. Yeah. Like even not wanting your wife sitting behind me. I'm not a paranoid person. I don't think she's going to attack me. But like I do, even in this moment, want to control things to a certain extent. That's why I'm drawn to stand up. You know what I mean? I like, mm-hmm. you're seated and I'm speaking. Good night. See you later. People think that probably means I'm a very social person. But really, when I go home, it's a glass of red wine and an episode of Cheers. You know what I mean? Like, leave me alone. I don't know how we got there, but here we are. Have you ever done it to yourself? Oh, yeah. I'm assuming you have. Yeah. Is that... Uh, and I've done a lot of the treatment for myself for different things, like sleeping or migraines or so, and stuff. Oh, so wait. What do you mean, like sleeping? Like like sleep, having better sleep. Oh, you can help yourself have better... Yeah, because what happens is uh, if your brain is running too fast throughout the entire day and you're burning all this extra current and it's up in this hypervigilant <laughs> state, it's really hard at night to get down into that slow wave activity, those like... Uh, delta waves that make you sleep. Yeah. And uh, you might go to bed out of exhaustion, but you're really not getting into those deep stages. So then you start getting very fitful at night and waking up, you know, right. three or four hours. That's not really good like sleep. Like they say Xanax sleep. Like you shouldn't take a, an anti anxiety drug to sleep, which a lot of people do. Right. They're not fixing the real problem. Why aren't you, why can't your brain get in a rhythm where it's doing what it's supposed to do? That's the big question. Not just. We can make any, we can sedate anybody. Anybody can be sedated, but right. the bigger question is why do I need this every single night? So are we looking at the brain like a dog? Like we're tra- we're training it, we're tra- we're giving it rewards, and we're withholding. Well, it's a, it's very Pavlovian in that uh, whenever there's a a positive thing happening, we're rewarding that. We're doing basically operant conditioning or reward system. What is the reward? The reward can be any electrical input. So back at uh, UCLA in the early 70s, they used a light bulb. Mm. So there's a set of brain waves that's right in the middle that we want the brain to be calm and focused with. So whenever somebody's hooked to the EEG and they pass in that zone, the light bulb would come on, showing them, okay, you're in the zone that we want you to be. Okay, because we're hooked live to the EEG. Well, that technology's gotten better and better, and now we can send it right to the DVD player on the computer and you can watch anything you want to you can watch Cheers (laughs) that's my reward (laughs) Norm (laughs) so you can watch Cheers but the only way we're going to let you watch that movie is when your brainwave activity is in that calm focused state not that hyper vigilant kind of chaotic state not that really checked out state but that calm focused state the movie will play the moment your brainwave activity drifts too high or too low the DVD stops instantaneously. You shut your mouth. I'm serious. Where's your flying car? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's yeah, like, cool. I had friends that, you know, I still have friends that hook their TVs up to like an elliptical or something, but you're working out your brain. That's a, a great example of it. Well, thank you, Tim. No, it's like, it's the same thing. You're, but you're saying... We're going to set the parameters to the DVD, and we can widen those. So, like, somebody has a lot of anxiety, yeah. we can move the threshold way out there to where they are, 
and then gradually condition them yeah. through the computer to get right into the zone. We also do that with a lot of professional athletes where we we want their focus to be perfect when they're at the free throw line or they're hitting a putt or that No kind of stuff. way. Yeah. So how do you encourage I guess when with a DVD I understand that, but you're not gonna be like sending electricity to like my dopamine or no. something or no, you don't. Your brain doesn't need that. All it needs is we're engaging in a learning process, just like you learned anything. Like you learned how to surf with Rob, Barely. right? <laughs> but you you learn that through repetition, and eventually it felt a certain way when you get on that board, and right. your brain, your neurons figured that out and said, "Okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to stay balanced." Now. Uh, it may not be perfect, but it's a lot easier for you to achieve that because you've had positive and negative reinforcement. Right. The negative was into the water and the yeah. positive was standing. Right. And your brain figured that out with just a very, probably in an afternoon, I would think. Well, you would think. <laughs> Maybe not. It was more, I wasn't there. It was more like seven weekends in <laughs> I stood up. It really took still, a long time. But still, any brain can learn. Yeah, that's true. Any brain can learn. Before we do it, have you heard a little bit about that? Uh, people really are like doping with electricity. This I know it's not really your field, but it's that idea, sledgehammer, not scalpel, where we're just putting uh, nodes, I guess they're called, yeah. on your brain and sending a little bit of electricity in there, getting rid of anxiety, getting rid of fear. Um, the one, The story that I heard was this woman who was terrible at like a simulation game, like mm-hmm. a three-dimensional... Um, combat simulator terrible at it uh, it was 30 minutes and then she did it again she said it was for 7 minutes and she didn't remember what happened it was for 30 minutes time just went much faster and she got everybody and didn't get hit once sort of mm-hmm. thing and this is somebody that had no experience and it was back to back sort of thing after electricity was in the brain is this at least interesting to you if not what you're doing that sort of do you yeah. think that's where we're headed? <laughs> I, well, I think we're headed definitely in the field of psychology, neuropsychology, further away from just talking things out to really figuring out how this most amazing thing in the universe works, which is the brain. And, yeah. Uh, infusing it with electrical current, causing dopamine to increase, that can be helpful. Uh, we're a little bit more about the exact data. Like, I want to see the, the number of your focus, the number of your anxiety, and I'm really into data. <laughs> Is that what we're doing you know? today? Yeah, exactly. Because I'm already anxious, so let's, <laughs> let's get the things on me. I'm ready to go. Okay, is yeah. that what you'd like to do? Yeah, if you're up for it. I am completely up for it. Are you kidding yeah. me? Let's Rob see what's just going on. set up a mystery thing, make sure we're recording, and we are. All right. Yeah, okay, so what I'm going to do is um you're gonna gel up my temples yeah what we're gonna do is back here um let me pull it up here sure you can just put it on the ground okay i've got three leads and they're uh, eeg leads okay yeah uh, one is gonna go on one ear <laughs> one's gonna go on the other ear okay because you don't have any electricity going in your earlobes okay? right well. so one's a ground one's a negative which will read zero and then the live lead, this is exactly like what you'd get if you went to the hospital for an EEG. The live lead, we're going to put on a couple different areas of your brain and kind of see what they're doing. I'm okay? into it. So uh, what I have to do first is clean your earlobe. Okay. Please. So this is uh, our little ear massage that we're going to do yeah. for you. Oh, anxiety right. being reduced right. already. Yeah, you like, <laughs> you like people touching you? Is that a... I don't mind it. <laughs> All right. So we clean that off, okay? And then we're going to um, put on the negative first, okay? And then, Skin prep gel. Yeah. This really does feel like the future. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yep. Same kind of, exact same uh, gel and paste you would use at your local hospital. Okay. If somebody had a brain injury and you want to look at the electrical current in there, we're just making the uh, EEG much more functional. Yeah. We're making it functional so that um, we can do more than just read whether you have a seizure or not. We can actually read the minute details of anxiety, focus, creativity, sleep, hmm. all those kind of things. Okay. That is fascinating. Yeah. So now I'm going to um, put the live lead right at the center of your head. So right on the top of your head, we're going to put a lead up here that's going to read the electrical current. Nothing's going in. We're just going to read the activity. And this sits right above a cord that connects the two sides of the brain called the corpus callosum. You ever heard of that? The corpus callosum. Nope. Okay. Pineal gland. That's it. That's it. Okay. <laughs> that's all I know. <laughs> uh, the corpus callosum is um, allows the left and the right side of the brain to communicate with each other. Oh, yeah. So we want to see, uh, that's how the communication happens between there is through the corpus callosum. So we want to see what the electrical current looks like as it flows through that area. Is that going to tell us which side of my brain I use more? or is it? Um, it's going to show us more how well the two work together. So if it's going too slow, then it's going to be like there's a traffic jam there. <laughs> Everybody okay. that does this, Tim, nobody's told you, is terrified that the numbers are going to be like, you are at what we call a chimpanzee. <laughs> you're all instinct like a newborn baby. I can't believe you're making eye contact and speaking to me right now. That is everybody's fear. I'm, I'm truly terrified but if it's wrong i already have built-in systems to go well it's a sham and it's a hoax. yes exactly this, is, this was horseshit <laughs> <laughs> so what we're going to do is i'm going to turn the eeg on we're going to start recording activity okay? okay now the problem for you during this minute is i'm going to need you to not talk during that minute oh okay that's, well, that's scary isn't it <laughs> it's dead air tim i mean you're gonna to have to fill the podcast i'll fill i'll fill it with what we're seeing on the screen okay okay but during that time, I can get the number, and then we'll talk about it after that's up. Okay, that's, that's awesome. The main reason is when you're talking, it uses a lot of muscles, and that can translate as electrical current and create interference to the brainwave activity. Okay, okay? so no yammering, starting when? Okay, starting now. Okay? So there's a couple different graphs on here. The first one is your classic EEG, which we want to um, break that down into different parts. This next one is measuring muscle activity, and it's nice and shallow like we like to see it. If you go ahead and bite down for a second, watch what happens to that. Oh, wow. Is that pretty cool? Yeah. Um, then the bottom set of brain waves is us taking the EEG and breaking it down into all these little parts that are going to show us the areas of focus, the areas of anxiety, the areas of uh, creativity. Okay? So let's go ahead another 10 seconds here. And bang. Okay, you can talk now. Okay, okay. thank God. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, uh, this one right here is the EG. Yeah. That's the muscle reader. So you were doing great. I didn't see you, except for when I asked you to bite, to bite. down. Yeah. yeah. You saw that kind of go crazy. Yeah, when I bit, it went nuts, and I yeah. spoke, and I apologized. No, that was fine. But okay. I cleaned it out, so we're good to go. Then what we're taking is the EG, and we're now breaking it down into all the waveforms that make this. And you've probably seen these on TV shows or something like yeah. that, where somebody has a raw EEG. Very hard to understand in and of itself, so we break it down into the different waveforms. This green thing that has a big spike is your theta activity, and that's like a little brake pedal. 
that your brain has, and it does it every three seconds, which is really kind of cool. Every it's hitting the brakes every three seconds. Yeah, in a very, in almost like a millisecond. It's like my mom. Yeah, <laughs> she's a bad driver. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> very anxious driver. <laughs> What, what do you mean by brakes? What is it breaking? What it's doing is it's le- keeping the electrical current from just running wild. And so it acts like almost like a governor on your brain, these theta waves. Okay. So that you don't just burn up all the electrical activity that you're making from food and water and oxygen oh, yeah. at once. Okay. It keeps pausing me. That's yeah. That's interesting. And life is really not a continuous thought. These happen so fast. Uh, life is more all these pieces that we tie together with our brain. So we're like, we have this moment of consciousness and this millisecond where everything shuts down and then it picks up again, but we tie it all together in our brain. Okay? Okay. So that we need those thetas. Now, some people have too many of those breaks, those stops. Yep. And that's what causes ADHD. Okay? Is if your brain is breaking constantly, like every two seconds, right? then what happens is somebody's talking to you and you can't, keep that continuous it's just trying, on. It's just trying to protect you. It's trying to keep you from expending all your brain juice. But too much. But doing it too quick, too much, too frequently. Exactly. And so what we're doing right here in this theta ratio is we're calculating how much of the theta, the green line, is in there compared to all the other brain waves. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so your number is 2.3. Good number. Okay. Most monkeys have a number that no. <laughs> Uh, you joking. salty dog. <laughs> I walked right into that. No, actually, uh, at Vanderbilt in the early 80s, they figured out that anything greater than 3.0 0, is too much theta. Oh. The ideal number is 2.3. Oh, boy. And you are 2.36. Hit it, Tim. Huh? <laughs> we should have been going when I high five to see my joy levels increasing. Yeah. So that's a very good number. Now we're going to look at two other areas on your brain. But okay. at this area where the two halves connect, your theta is perfect. There's not too much traffic. It's not shutting down. It's nice and smooth in those slow waves. There's nothing in that number that suggests an ADHD component. Okay. You're very, very focused when you want to be. Oh, I love it. Okay. Which is seldom. (laughs) Now, this other number here, this 1.69, shows us how much of this yellow wave is in there, which is the fast side of your brain. Okay. The part of your brain or the brainwave activity that responds to crisis. Okay. okay? The more adrenaline-based brainwave activity. They're very fast activity. Uh frequencies Mm -hmm. and we don't want too much of that in there because then you become more anxious obsessional exactly your brain is on fire all the time instead of in a calm steady so like when rob said oh my goodness oh my goodness and i thought it was sharks if i had too much yellow maybe i would have just started paddling in (laughs) exactly or had a panic attack or you know cried like a baby or something like that (laughs) i did do that (laughs) that was just the joy of being in the water But that, this number tells us how much of that high beta is in there compared to the rest of the uh, brainwave activity. Okay. We want that number to be less than 1.4. And it's 1.69. Okay. The, yeah, the well, average person out there is about 1718. Okay. But, so I'm not quite Jason Bourne. Right. I'm like, but I'm a little bit more than normal. Yeah. Or what, what would be recommended? Yeah. What we'd want to see is if we could capture back some of that extra current you're using you'd have more available for creativity and stamina so it really is it is like ram it's like i have applications of panic open that i could close 
Again, Timmy. Perfect example. <laughs> I like this guy. I like this guy. <laughs> well, that's very interesting. No, you're exactly right. That's okay. what's going on here. Okay. What you see in really high-powered uh, businessmen that are very calm under pressure, and businesswomen, or super high-functioning athletes is this number goes really, really low. Mm. Great example is we work with somebody who's been number one in the world ten times in tennis. Mm. She has that number right there is a point six five. <laughs> oh my gosh. So she's never overanalyzing, overworking in, a, in an athletic event. Does that make sense? Oh, so like Jason Bourne, my example of just the superhuman soldier, would actually be low. Very low. Like oh. he's not overinterpreting things as crisis. He's right. only seeing the event for what it is. That's really interesting. So do creative people have more of this yellow line? Here's my why I ask. I, I rented a cabin with my girlfriend, and we were next to these like uh, like uh, jockish boys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there were like 18 jocks in the house next to us. And I couldn't stop thinking of all the things that could go wrong. Kind of, I was like, they could overtake us. They could break into our Mm -hmm. hot tub. They could whatever. They could kill me if they wanted to for fun. So all of that is absurd. And I do have a rational brain and I'm able to enjoy myself and I calm myself down. But I was like, that's like what Stephen King is doing. He's Mm -hmm. going like, what if the power went out and and a fog rolled in that was filled with monsters? You know what I mean? So do they have more of that? More. What you're experiencing at the time is uh, a symptom or a side effect of this yellow wave being too overabundant in your Because I knew I was being that way. Yes. I was like, these kids aren't dangerous, but my brain was like, what if they are? What if they are? And it spun these scenarios that I really did have to pause and meditate a little bit to, to bring myself back to a what I knew was a, a rational state as opposed to an irrational state. So what you're saying, Jason Bourne can't tell a joke. <laughs> no, well, he actually, he might be, he could have the ability to be more creative at times. Oh, really? Yeah, so you're really creative people can get that really low when they want to. But when you go into a writer's block, that number is going up. It's interesting that you say that because I wonder if a lot of my friends, for example, they audition for SNL or they have these big power meetings. And I've had the privilege of of interviewing some of my heroes on this podcast. Rob was one of them. And not freaking out, wouldn't you say, Bobby? Who wasn't freaking out? I didn't freak out. Oh, you didn't freak out. So that is a good thing to have in creativity, doing stand-up and not yeah. being afraid, I suppose. I'm afraid of irrational things, but I'm not afraid of something that maybe I ought to be. <laughs> and that number would tell us the higher that gets, the more problematic it gets. Mm-hmm. Once it starts to get over 2.0 or 2.5, then you're going to start to see more f- full-blown anxiety things like OCD and mm. panic attacks and those kind of things. So Interesting. you would be, if that number dropped, you'd be much more creative, you'd be... Uh, much more calm under pressure. That's interesting because I think most of my comedian friends specifically are often worried if they go to therapy or if they work on themselves or if they meditate or if they have a spiritual practice or something or a discipline that they might be less funny. A lot of them want to smoke cigarettes and eat dominoes and, and just stay damaged because it was the damage and the pain that brought us to our creativity in the first place. Mm-hmm. But you're saying if we worked on ourselves and got to a calm, centered place, we would actually be more creative? Yeah, you'd be, have more access for the alpha activity, which is where the creativity comes from. And uh, you'd be much more aware of what's going around you to find more of those subtleties that you actually can find humor in and yeah. those kind of things. You know, And you'd be aware of the interaction that you're having uh, in the event of when you're doing your, your job. So, so fast. So that you could then be able to respond quicker to that. Just like an athlete. 
I, th- I think, well, talking about sleeping 10 hours last night, because I knew I was going to write today, as I, maybe you heard me say to uh, Rob, is that I, I deliberately slept a lot and like got up and was very mm-hmm. calm and gentle with myself. And also very like, I, I, everyone that listens to this podcast knows that I affirm myself a lot and I'm very positive. I try to make myself conscious, very positive for myself to create a safe space where it's okay to write something. And when I write, I write very quickly because I'm not overly critical and then I'll mm-hmm. go back and be critical. So it is that sort of safe place, that anxiety-less place where I can be creative. Yeah, and you, you matching that with your sleep is just insight that you've developed along the way without really knowing the science behind that. Right. But what happens is these green waves down here are the theta waves and the next set, the blue waves, are where your creativity comes out of. Mm. So you're finding that sleep connects you with your creativity and that's exactly what happens neurologically in your brain. So when your brain gets enough sleep, a lot of times people will report this as they're drifting off to sleep, all of a sudden the idea hits them. Mm -hmm. Neurologically speaking, that's because the brain's slowing down and as it slows down, it passes through alpha, which is what gives you those new ideas. Or in the morning when you wake up, the brain's coming back out of this deep stages and it passes through alpha, but then as the day progresses, we add layer more and more thoughts on. Now we're way up here, and we can't access. You just explain why it's better to write in the morning because yes. we're just in that state. When you're falling asleep, it doesn't make sense to wake yourself. It's unpleasant to wake yourself exactly. up and write in that moment. You go to bed, but in the morning, that's when you have. That's when your radio is in tune to mm-hmm. that frequency, yeah. to that station, because it's down. Act, uh, creativity comes from the brain. Still engaged, but it separates itself from reality enough mm. that it can pull uh, a new idea and then it steps back in reality and it applies that new idea. But that's a fine line of the frequency between 12 hertz and 11 hertz. All the anxiety and stress and obsessiveness, that's up in 20, 30 hertz activity. So you can never really access that alpha stuff when you're like that. And then I like that that feeling of uh, reality, almost like light encroaching and ruining the idea, almost like forgetting exactly. a dream or something. Mm-hmm. So you have to grab. That's why I just read that it's a bad idea to like read emails and and respond to things in the morning because you put you, you push all that uh, novelty, that that uh, out of nowhere stuff away, and put yourself in just like a responding to other people's thoughts right it pushes you in the faster activity into that 35 megahertz place into into reality what a bummer too much reality too much reality we don't we got to remember to talk about um i've had people on the show that talk about uh astral projection which is the perception that you're leaving your body and stuff Mm -hmm. I, i have to wonder what you think about that they talk about wanting to get into a state where you're almost asleep Mm-hmm. And that's what most people that are trying to leave their bodies do that. Even if it is a, a hallucination, which I'm completely open to that, that seems reasonable. It is fascinating that people get into a place where they're almost asleep, not quite asleep. So that would be theta. Yeah, we'd be right down in these light blues, which are the alpha activity. And then you have this vivid hallucination yeah. kind of in an in-between place where a lucid dream might occur. Right. You're not going to have it up in the fast wave activity because you're thinking about so many things at once. Uh, that the brain isn't going to drift out of reality. It's over-analyzing reality. And then, oh, cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So uh, what, what else? <laughs> um, I think we'll, let's look at one other thing here. Um, and um, Oh, am I, am I live now? Oh, you're good. The whole time I was like, oh, I'll meditate and I'll really fuck up your numbers. Okay, so... What? <laughs> <laughs> Not that I would. I, I, I wonder what it would look like. 
Um, this is taking the EEG and breaking it down into all those frequencies. So here you see the, the theta activities are awake, but you're resting. You got your daydreaminess. You got your creativity. This is the calm and focus. And then all of a sudden, as we get faster, we're up in this anxious stress. And if it gets high enough, that's what induces obsessive uh, compulsive behavior. Mm -hmm. Okay, Because of the physics of electrical current, these waves should be really, really shallow because they're cycling at 32 cycles a second. The obsessive waves. Yes. 32 sine waves in one second. So they don't have a high amplitude. The theta waves cycle at four cycles a second. Mm. So there's four sine waves in a second, and therefore the amplitude is really high. So are these actually similar? These at my obsessive, it's like a, a bar graph here, looks smaller, and my uh, awake resting ones look higher. Right. But they're probably actually equal because they're going faster? Yeah, they have the same amount of current, and then they're just displayed differently. So when you look at this, it should have a downhill slope, okay? Which I and, and you do. do, but you see how it kind of kicks up here a little bit at the end? Yeah. That's towards the anxiety and stress, which this number's up a little bit. Well, that okay. checks out. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm an anxious person. So if we pulled that down and took that electrical current that we captured from that and dropped it in your creativity, then you'd be a, a major weapon. That you... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay. Yeah. I want to do that. <laughs> exactly. That would be awesome. Yeah. So that's, and, then, and that is how I feel when I'm at my best. Yes. It, this gets exercised and all of a sudden it pops up. There. Right. It, yeah. I'm, I often get that feeling of taking the wasted energy that I would be obsessing about something or feeling anxious about something sure. and just pouring it into a positive place. Yeah. Surrendering. Yeah. Whatever it is you're anxious about and just letting go. And then you, you have that as we were saying earlier, the RAM to put into another program. And the way we kind of switch that RAM around is um, we tell the brain, whenever you release any of these frequencies, stop the DVD player. Don't let the person watch the movie. You release... Is that something I can do? Maybe we'll let you do that. <laughs> you want to take a shot at it? I mean, I just wanted to know yeah. life. Yeah. No, <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah, no. you should see what it's like. You should see when you're watching how we adjust it. <laughs> when you're watching like a movie. Yeah. It's amazing. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we'll do that here in a minute. I want to, oh, okay. I want to measure two other areas of your yeah, brain. Yeah, I don't want to jump ahead. I'm just, is that okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Anything okay. you'd like to do. So what we're going to do is on these, the next two areas, we're going to go to your left hemisphere first. Are okay. you right-handed? I am right-handed. Okay, so the left side um, most likely handles all your language abilities, okay, and all your academic <laughs> stuff, you know comes from the left side, okay? So we're going to look at that, see what that's doing. Okay. A lot of times, if we have an internal dialogue that's kind of humming along at a fast pace, we'll pick that up on this next lead. So we're thinking about things, sure. little voices in our head, those kind of things. Tim, are, are you projecting where this might be Maybe. Going? <laughs> Possibly. Predicting? Yeah, you might be right. And then we're going to move to the right side, which handles all your kind of visual, spatial and some of your creative kind of things. Gonna throw this at you, Tim. Sometimes I draw with my left hand. Do just you for really? Fun. Yeah. Very to exercise the right side of your yeah. brain. Yeah. And because an artist friend told me that that is how you draw what you're actually seeing, as That's opposed beautiful. to isn't it? And That's it really, really cool. Really is a great exercise to get you into a better space. Yeah. Uh, I always forget his name. Robert Rodriguez, right? The director yeah. has his actors paint and stuff, and paint with their non-dominant hand, and do all these things to get them outside of their brains. For better That's really cool. Really cool, right? Yeah. It'd be right. cool to watch the brain during that moment and see what is the electrical activity doing. Are we seeing the alphas go up? Yeah. Are we seeing them become more obsessive about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Super cool. So I'm going to move the lead to the left side of the brain. Is that okay? If you do not have the goddamn leads. It's going Gary Glenn Ross. 
Yes. <laughs> oh, left side. There we go. Okay, right here. This is going over something called your temporal lobe. I've okay. heard that. Yep, the temporal lobe. We have all these different lobes in our brain. And Isn't it weird that the brain can't be bothered to remember all the things I've taught it about itself? I'm like, hey, that's called the temporal lobe. And the brain's like, whatever. <laughs> Tell me more about swimsuits. <laughs> that's beautiful. Constantly deleting. It's not narcissistic at all. <laughs> you think about swimsuits? I don't know. I, I didn't want to say boobies again, so I said swimsuits. <laughs> Or you could have said cheers. <laughs> cheers. How can I get a swimsuit that fits my body? <laughs> it's not as easy as you think. All right. Okay. So here we go again. Uh, it's going to be the exact same formulas. Okay. We're going to be looking at how much theta is in there, how much high beta is in there. Okay. Yes. And we'll have to go about a minute without you talking. Oh, same thing. Okay. Okay. Same thing. I'm going to get a second reading. All right. Okay. You could do 21 of these, but we're not doing that. We're just going to do three <laughs> okay. if that's okay. Okay. So the EEG is moving along. Everything looks normal. The EMG, which measures any uh, muscle activity, is nice and smooth. Um, the theta wave is not popping up as much as we saw at the center of your brain. And um, we're seeing a little bit more of the yellow activity. So let's go ahead and go just a couple more seconds here. There we go. Okay. More yellow. Yeah, so let's look at our ratios again. Yep, that's uh, supposed to be one point. We want 2.3. Two, oh. <laughs> yeah. 2.3 and now I'm 1.24. So that means if you can have too much theta, which happens in ADHD where the person's higher than 3, yeah. you actually have too little on this part of your brain. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> what are you going to do? How embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? Well, that does uh, usually show us that there's something going on in your sleep pattern, especially with the left side of your brain, that your brain is still kind of humming along even when you're sleeping at night, that instead of that area really shutting the door like the top does when you sleep, that area when you wake up, it kind of rush, rushes right back into all this little chatter mm. and mm -hmm. noise. Uh, that in sports, we would say it's kind of like the, um, the voice that gets in the way of the shot, you know, instead okay. of just... We see a lot of that there for you on the left side. Oh, boy. And then you remember what this number was supposed to be for the high beta, which wanted it less than 1.4. We want it at less than 1.4 and it's 2.65. Yeah. Yee. So you could light up a small city with that amount of electrical current. Um, I choose Reno. Uh, 2.65. So what does that mean? That means you're using a lot of that yellow activity. Oh, I'm jumpy. Right? Yeah. So those fast waves are kind of clicking along more so than they really need to. Yeah. And so your weight, and in this area of your brain, you're wasting a lot of electrical current. Oh, I'm, I'm like a cat. I'm always jumpy. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe like uh, <laughs> cats can be cats, calm. Yeah, can you be, know? It was like my cat, Penny. It'd be you like a mouse. Been. Okay, a mouse. Mouse yeah, always skittering around. Yeah, kind of jumping around. All right, so I'm jumpier than I thought I was. On that side. You oh, know, okay. it's, and so rather than conserving the electrical current and channeling it into the areas that we want to, there's a lot of it that gets wasted on thinking too much about things, like is the dolphin a shark and all that kind of stuff. You know? <laughs> I'm still thinking about it. That's interesting. So that could be a little bit uh, obsessive. Right. And that's what, to really optimize your brain, because you, sh you showed us at the top 
of your brain, how strong your the potential is in there for the, especially the thetas. There's no reason that the left side can't do the same thing. You've just developed a habit of overthinking a lot of things, and so then that kind of clutters some of the really powerful stuff inside of your brain. Interesting. Let's get it out of there. Yeah. Let's balance it. <laughs> just hit the space bar and I'm fixed. <laughs> so let's look at the other screen that I showed you, okay, yeah. uh, before, and you can really see how the slope is different. Okay, do you remember? Oh, We yeah. want the slope to start way up here yeah. on the left and slope downhill. You've got like two little yep. uh, small rolling hills, okay? Yeah. And so not enough here because the physics of this is it should be higher. Not enough of the theta. Theta activity. And too much of the obsessive stressed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so trying to get that to balance out. So the brain can figure out how to switch that stuff around. We just need to give it the right data on the computer and it'll start to move that current right into the creativity stuff and also into your thing. Really low, low creative. Yeah, on that side. We'll see what, what happens. What What type of creative should I not be good at? If it's the left side of my brain, the the language part, right? Well, you're you th- you think a lot about it, and you're in that world a lot, and so it's are you able to let go of some of the language stuff? Yeah, sometimes, right. You know? And again, that is what it feels like when I'm in a flow, when I'm in a good place. Yeah, is that you don't have as that. I stop uh, exactly thinking? It's a fearless place. It yep. really is, and and that's again. Uh, it would be interesting to hook this up to me when I'm on stage because it almost feels like a different person. But it's like, oh, I can say anything, and I'm in a very empowered position. Where and that's what makes it such a respite and such a beautiful vocation for me. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, this is the place that I can do and and say anything, and it'll be okay. Yeah, it'd be interesting that would switch. We do um, like in sports, we have a Bluetooth version of this, and so <laughs> while somebody's playing basketball, we can actually look at their brain and see before they shoot what their brain's doing. And, wow. a lot, and a lot of times predict whether the ball's going to go really? in. Really? Before, kind of, obviously, before yeah. it goes in. That is Because if they're doing this, it makes it harder. Because they need to get outside of themselves. Yeah. They and need to get into a, a place where it's almost, I guess it would be muscle memory. It would be outside of your brain mm-hmm. or yep. transcending your brain. And you're not working so hard on it. It's yeah. called trying less. Yeah. That, right? Yeah. That's that what sounds- it is. That's some of the better advice I've gotten in my life is I'm like, I'm trying to do this album and I'm recording 17 shows and we're going to edit it into a perfect album. And a friend of mine was like, try it, try less. He was mm-hmm. like, just try less and let go and surrender. Very interesting. Yeah. Cause there's more potential in there. If you would back off some of that stuff. I, I mean, this is a free podcast, first of all, which is amazing that people could just listen to this for free. But if anything, it's priceless to learn that when we're obsessing or when we're being anxious or stressed, uh, we're stealing from the other parts of our Big brain time. that would like to be focused, that would like to calm ourselves, and would like to create and yeah. rest. It's like leaving all the lights on in the house on, yeah. right? So and, what a terrifying thought. You know, and you're just burning all <laughs> I the... I got the Vitamix like, just going. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're just burning the electrical current. You wonder why your electric bill is high. And Yeah. But what happens is, over time, our brain and body can't handle this stuff so then we start to exhibit different symptoms physiologically or emotionally or whatever Mm -hmm. and that's coming from this neurological activity at the core being out of balance wow you know super cool let's do one more yeah let's do one more and then I'll show you how the training works yeah no then I want to know what to do yeah then you just sell me a DVD set (laughs) (laughs) Rob (laughs) was this a a timeshare pitch (laughs) You need to relax more. You know what says relax? Maui. <laughs> Maui. Yes. Here's the timeshare. Do you still live in Grand Rapids? Yeah, we live uh, right outside of Grand Rapids. Oh, that's great.
Pete, I have a, um, at one point, Pete, during the shoot, when you were shooting the show and you were shooting nine a week. shows a week. Yeah. What was it when Pete was going in and knocking out nine shows Monday through Friday and then Saturday morning he'd come down here to go for a surf. You know what I mean? And you'd be like, hey, <laughs> happy, but kind of like, what was his, like on a Saturday after he had done five days of shooting, what's his brain going on in his brain? Yeah, I would wonder, uh, probably more so than the high beta activity, I'd wonder what's happening on the sleep side. Mm-hmm. Is that for every amount of energy that we uh, expend, we have to have the same amount of recovery, mm-hmm. you know? And what we like to do, you know, in our culture is go as hard as we can, and then the one place we're going to take it away from is our sleep. Now, it doesn't mm-hmm. sound like that's the way you are, but most people are trying to rob from your sleep. So I would have been very interested in that kind of time mm-hmm. period. Well, that's what the, was happening into your sleep? That's the only time in my life I had a hard time sleeping. Oh, isn't that interesting? And, and Conan, uh, Conan said to me, he said, I, I was like, how do you sleep? That's my only question for you is how do you sleep? And he said, I think you just have to come to terms with the fact that you're not going to be sleeping right now. <laughs> that's what he said. And then I started taking uh, not a lot of Ambien and not every night, but I would take like a half an Ambien. It was the only way I would sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm happy to say that I stopped doing that while we were taping. I figured out a way to stop doing that. Whiskey. No, I, I, I just found a way to stop doing that. Uh, but so, yeah, I, I wasn't, it was very hard for me to get the rest that yeah. I needed. And then what happens is uh, you're accessing adrenaline all the time, which, you know, works in those moments, but it starts, those adrenal glands can't keep pushing out all that adrenaline right. over time. Eventually they crash and we go into adrenal That's fatigue. funny because that's something I got from Tony Robbins was I, I used to do a thing that would activate my adrenal glands, like a sort of like a, not hitting yourself, but like a kind of moment backstage to try and make your brain think yeah. something was dangerous <laughs> and then to get yourself awake. And that's something I still do, a little like brain hack, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Speaking of sleep though, sometimes my most creative days are when I'm aggressively hung over and didn't sleep a lot mm-hmm. not necessarily both of those but i have to imagine that as a function of adrenaline yeah or it, it's either the adrenaline or what happens is the brain says okay you really screwed me on the sleep yeah okay <laughs> so i'm gonna uh get you today so i'm gonna make your brain go a little bit slower throughout the day and huh. so you got kind of the sluggish state to you pulling you back down towards the alphas yeah and the thetas right and all of a sudden ideas are popping left and right what and is going on yeah you're so interesting <laughs> i'm so interesting <laughs> that's great yeah so that makes sense the the alphas being closer to when we're asleep that's something because yeah, the brain's trying to catch up yeah now it can't you can't keep it in that state all the time so right. that but that one or two days when you're kind of recovering from this right. crappy sleep. Or jet lagged or, or just any sort of situation exactly. where yeah. your routine is interrupted. But that's that thing. Whenever I, I used to improvise and if we were tired, I would go. I always just used to say this. I was like, it's better because we're closer to the dream state. So we'll be more creative. Mm-hmm. But that was just something I had heard. But here you are saying that there, that is somewhat le- legitimate. Yeah, the, the problem is re- relying on that throughout life. Like, let's say you have to produce all the time. Right. Relying on the fatigue as the only way to be creative isn't going to keep showing every day. That's right. Because you know, it'll figure it out and be like, fuck you, it, right? It says, yeah, it says, I don't care what's going on out there. i got to take care of this brain. Right, so right, it right. eventually just shuts down. Shut it down. Yeah. Very interesting. So am I not talking again? 
Yeah, we got to have you quiet on this one. So let's do um, the third area, yeah. which is your right temporal lobe. And this is where a lot of visual spatial things happen, mathematics, those kind of things happen on the right side. If okay. You did this to Michael Jordan or somebody, like you'd need a sticky thing because he ain't got no hair. So. Well, right. the, that paste kind oh, of goes okay. Yeah, and, and it's harder to get a connection on somebody who doesn't have hair. Oh, really? Their skin is more thick because it's been exposed to the element. So everybody, when I hook them up, oh, I'm bald. I'm going to be great. Well, it's hard. It's very hard. So. I love it. Okay. okay, here we go. Ready? Hit it, Tim. Yep. Okay, EEG looks um, fairly normal here. Uh, just to make sure you're not biting down. Okay. Relax your jaw a little bit. And then the EMG, which measures if you're uh, any muscle activity, looks really, really good. Um, then we're breaking it down into the different waves. Again, unlike the center, we're not seeing these bursts of theta every few seconds like we want to see. And um, that can be kind of problematic over time. Let's go about another five seconds here. Okay, there we go. So... You notice, remember when we looked in the center, we saw all those theta bursts? Yeah, I'm not getting... We haven't seen any of them. The already. brake pumping. Yeah. No yeah. brake pumping. Yeah. Overactive brake. Exactly. You're just pushing accelerator. Well, and... I live fast, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's going to catch you sometime. <laughs> okay. So we want you around for a while. Mm. So we want to be able to conserve what that brain's doing and not just you know run it completely yeah, dry okay. all the time. So let's come to our ratios again. Okay, so the theta ratio, we want it to be 2.3. And it's 1.03. Okay, which again shows... Way low. Yeah, which shows us that you're just not getting that... Even though you're sleeping a certain volume, the depth of your sleep is not really where it should be. Okay, so we go through different stages of sleep, yeah, right? Uh -huh. And then uh, we also have REM sleep, which is the dreaming states. By looking at your EEG, I can tell you you're just not getting into enough of those dreaming states um, that you should, which eventually starts to affect memory and that kind of stuff. So we need more theta here. Eventually. Wow. Okay. People that listen to the show know that I, I'm an active dreamer. Maybe I'm just good at remembering the few dreams. The few that you had. Yeah. Maybe that's why I remember them because they're so novel. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we want to see deeper, deeper yeah. sleep. Um, like the center of your brain is, is doing what it's supposed to, but the right and the left are having a harder time. Now, your high beta is much better here than it was. Mm -hmm. On the... Um, on the yellow guy? On the left side, you were 2.65 or something like that. Now, you're 2.03. That works. You can go through your whole life that way, but uh, it would be much better from the creative and imaginative side if that was down by 1.4 or even low as 1.0. Like I told you, these athletes that are down at 0 0.6, 0 0.7. In the zone, hitting perfect putts. Exactly. Point six, point yeah. Okay. It's not coincidental that some of the greatest athletes in the world have extremely low high beta. <laughs> and then the athletes that kind of struggle, which we'll see at these different places that we work, that are struggling and we'll see that it's not their athleticism, it's their brain. Right. It's their inability for their brain to calm down when they're under pressure. Everybody says that. you can't. I couldn't shut my head off. Yep. Even bad stand-up sets are the ones where you just can't stop. That, that hyper-awareness is what helps me do stand-up when, when it's on my side. Yeah. Reading an audience, listening to 300 different laughs, and putting them into a tapestry, and then being like, this is kind of like, they need this, or they need this, or they need this. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, that's not always the case. Sometimes I am overthinking, and that can certainly hurt me. Yeah, just tweaking that a little bit. Let's look at the last graph. Um, 
and you can kind of see. Again, this distribution looks totally different than even the other two areas. And that's the cool thing about the brain is every area is unique and this kind of contradicts the whole theory of if I throw one medicine in my brain, it's going to take care of everything, right? Because right. You I've just showed me three sides of the same brain and totally they're all different. completely different. Yeah, so one area might need one thing and another area might need another. So it doesn't really make any sense that right. you throw one thing in there because right. each of your areas of your brain needs something different about them. Hmm. And this one, you can see the two hills and very little theta over here, which we want to get more of that. And if you had more of that, I think what you'd see is easier access of the creativity and not just having to do it in the morning, but also being able to pick it up throughout the day. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Yes, please. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, very cool. Shall we look at how training works? Yeah, that let's do that. Let's 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 put that that out. Okay. <laughs> For the people. Let's go. What are, what are we doing? Okay, so now that we know how my brain works and what could be better, we need to turn off some of the obsessiveness and some of the anxiety that the brain that's keeping the brain from being as creative and as uh, good, for lack of a better term, as it could be, what do we do? Yep, what we're going to do is we're going to keep the lead on the right side of the brain, and the issue on the right side is your high beta. Okay, that's the fast frequencies. So I want to create up a re create a reward system for you now that whenever you uh, release some of those high betas, that the computer tells you I don't want you to do that. Whenever you release more of that creative calm stuff the computer's going to say, yeah, I want you to do that. And so it's going to start to create um, a positive and a negative reinforcer to start to change the structure of the brain. Yikes. <laughs> so it's, it's not going to be cheers necessarily. What, what, are what we do we got, do? Rob? Do we have any videos here? I think he'd like either her. Yeah, let's, yeah. Do, let's do her. I love this movie. Are you in it? I'm in the background of it. I was edited out of this movie. We're going to put a movie in that he is in. <laughs> oh, when I get well, to that scene, yeah, it's going to be all sorts of... Exactly. Let's see what happens to his brain when he sees him in a movie. <laughs> well, the first time I saw this movie, it actually really took me out of it. Like, I really didn't enjoy it because I just kept waiting for myself. Uh -huh. Now I love it. This is really interesting, though. I was wondering what it would do. Like, we always talk about God on this podcast, what my brain looks like when we're talking about... Because that often stems from a type of anxiety... Of like, what are we doing here? Or what is the purpose of life? What happens when we die? Uh, does God love us? Does God exist? All that sort of stuff. It's often from, it can be from an intellectual and beautiful place, but it can also be from an anxious place. Mm -hmm. I'm just interested in, it would be interesting to see what my brain looks like on a lot of different things. Yeah, I think the when we look at the brain, I think the high beta stuff is really that uh, anxiousness that gets us in trouble in so many different things. Like yeah. relationships and... Uh, our job and our creativity and those kind of things. And so I think um, it is the problematic side mm. of what we were made to be, mm -hmm. you know, definitely. And the more we clean it up, the more we see who we really are. You know, <laughs> people will tell me. Science that, prophet. Yeah, what people will say sometimes is, well, is this going to change me, make me, you know, a different kind of person? It's going to make you more of who you're really meant to but be. But that's what people, do you realize that what you're saying is what like a lot of like hippie raw vegans say, a lot of yeah. meditative teachers say, a lot of enlightenment teachers say, they say like, you don't go away, you just, you just fill out your birthright sort mm -hmm. of thing. Yeah. And that's what you're saying. We're saying from a neurological standpoint yeah. is that you've got this device, the computer, <laughs> that, yeah, that works off of that works off of electricity, that is misfiring the electrical current. Right. So what would happen if we got that device to start to fire the electrical current properly? Yeah. The true power, like we'll see people, and this has been documented back as uh, 
far as 1996, increases in IQ of 15, 20 points. Because of stuff like this. Yeah, because, and we're not giving the person more IQ points. We're just cleaning up the stuff that's creating you're, all the noise. You're defragging the brain. Again, I, I love it. I love it. No. You know, you didn't, you didn't create another computer. You just cleaned it up. Yeah. And there it went. You know? Well, I'm going to steal all of this from you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what we're going to do here on the screen is um, we're going to take all the theta waves and we're just going to combine them into one bar that's kind of bouncing up and down. Okay. What you're seeing right now is you. Okay. This theta. We see three bar graphs that are kind of undulating. Yep. And when I said undulating, which is a 50-cent word, one of the bars turned red. So I have to think. <laughs> yes, that was the high beta one. Oh, okay. okay. That's the thinky one. Yeah, it, it kicked up. Okay, so I want you to just... Um, let, well, what I'll do is I can open this. This th- is so th- weird because if I ca- calm myself down... It comes down. It goes down. Yes. What? what? You would have been burnt for having this. <laughs> not, in the six, not in the 1600s, like 30 years ago. <laughs> no, you're right. You... You calm down even for like a second, yeah, and that bar drops. Watch, I'll grab it. Just yeah, just breathe. It'll come down. Take three or four breaths, and it'll come right down. You can even. It's try. not going down, Tim. <laughs> it'll come down. It'll come down. Well, I'll help you a little bit. Let's see where it's at. Try to not to bite down, okay? Because again, that can cause some. Oh, there it goes. Yeah, you're up in there. So you. Okay. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. So I can take this threshold mm-hmm. and. Because you're way up in the 20s, ideally I'd like to see you down in the 5s and 10s. Okay. So you give me like a budget. Yeah. And I'm saying this is where you can work off of, okay? Weight machine, like a weight machine, treadmill, I can find where you're at. Right now you're kind of bouncing up into the even the highs of the 30s, which is fine. But we want to um, teach you. See, look at me. You just dropped like 10 points just by whatever you were doing right there really worked at calming your brain down okay hmm. now when you talk it will bounce up a little bit and that's okay and i do so much talking <laughs> i really do and it probably <laughs> creates uh does create some stress for you at times well, that's why i get exhausted that goes back to the introverted sort of feeling it's like you i feel often that i have a tank of gas that i can spend on being engaged and listening and, and communicative and all that sort of stuff and then at the end of the day i'm often worn out from that yeah you just gotta escape it because you're frying all that current but do you see how much those stress uh response brainwaves how they are just sometimes they're super high and now they're down below 10 Mm -hmm. just by you kind of focusing a little bit looking at the screen i mean your ability to control those is inside of there i just have to show your brain how to control them that's right right that's so cool yeah so what we're going to do is um we're kicking on the DVD here. It should start up in a minute. It's a screener, so it's telling us that we're all going to burn yeah, <laughs> if we give this disc away at the house of a friend who I lent it to. <laughs> <laughs> Which you just said to be broadcast. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I brought it. So, <laughs> bought it. Bought, bought it. it. I brought it. I brought, I brought, well, it was given to me as a member of the SAG union. We should probably take that part out. <laughs> so, um, all I want you to do is watch the screen. I do the work over here by changing the threshold. So, those center brain waves, you remember when we saw all the different brain waves and I saw those orange and alpha waves? Yeah. They're going to be right here on this guy. So, this one's called a reinforcer, meaning as long as you stay above the line I set, oh. the movie will play. But watch what happens. 
<laughs> so you salty dog. The, the moment you dropped some of those alphas, creatives, and focus waves, the DVD stopped telling so you. So paying attention to the movie will probably keep those up. Exactly, and it will also keep these down. Now, if you start thinking about two or three things, this guy's going to drop. Where have you been? Yeah, and life? Isn't that cool? <laughs> yes, it's really so literally cool. your brain is like wants the movie to keep playing. That's so right. I'm willing it to keep your playing. Your brain yeah. is working to Don't figure it out. Don't you see that that's one of the feelings of life is often I'm watching a movie and I think it would be fun to watch a movie because you're not actually watching the movie. Do you understand what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. We're listening to music and you're like, I should listen to some music. And you are listening to music, right? but you're not engaged with it. So this is like the forced engagement. Yeah, and it, what it does is starts to translate into awareness. Your ability to be more aware of yourself when you're going so too fast. Cool. When you're in the zone, when to take that break and recover. You know, you don't have any problem turning it on. The question is, are you feeding enough of the recovery in there to balance every moment that you're turning it on? That is so cool. And this creates that awareness to do that. So I, as I'm watching it, as I'm focusing on old on Wakamal's face here, looking at the nuances of his face and his eyes and paying attention to details... That that attentive one goes way up. And, it's unbelievable. And the brain one that's always obsessing and panicking goes way down. Yeah. Naturally. In your so, case, that's what's really doing it. So, yeah. like, imagine if you're writing a script. Yeah. And you're only thinking about Joaquin Phoenix's face on the script. Or, you know what I mean? Right. Like, Right. You're not thinking about the cat next door or your taxes. Well, that's why I have a really... I wear noise-canceling earphones. Yes. I get really irritable if people are noisy or if my phone is going off because it snaps me right, right out of right, it. Right, right, And here it is. Here it is, me being snapped right out of it. Mm-hmm. And, and so, that even goes back to where I wanted everybody to sit. <laughs> it really yeah. does. Right. And now you feel comfortable with that. But if I had had Amy sit behind you and said, oh, she's going to sit back there... This high beta wave, mm-hmm. which would have been another level of, of something else that you're aware of, would have gone higher because you're, wor- you're putting more and more lights on, in a sense, in your brain that don't need to be on. Okay? This is going to make my house so weird when next to the remotes I have these brain hooky <laughs> <laughs> uppy things because yeah. there's no way I'm not stealing this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take you can't. I'm gonna take the one you were gonna to give to Andre Agassi. Yeah. <laughs> this, one, this one's mine. This one's yours. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so you can watch whatever you want to. It doesn't have to. It doesn't matter what it is. Actually, we like sometimes if the content is stressful or boring or whatever because we want you to experience some things that are representative of life. Mm. You know. And so a movie does a good job of that because you're gonna feel different emotions and that kind yeah. of stuff. And um, regardless. We want you to be able to control your brainwaves. Whatever's happening in the movie, you will still be able to to have complete control and awareness of what your brain is doing. And this is going to teach you to do that over time. This is doing this sort of thing would help all of the things that I need help with. Yeah, you have to you know identify like we did on the assessment what is it that you need. And so I've made it that you're rewarding theta, but mm-hmm. in somebody who has ADHD. They have too much theta. You remember I said it's greater oh, right. than three zero. So I would change this reinforcer to inhibit theta. And that's just the cap you're putting on. Yeah, it. and you, you see, could change that based on the patient. Yeah. So um, right now I have it. So if you're above the threshold, you get positive input. But I, I can do this, and now I've switched it. See, I turned the sound off. Yeah. 
But if you're below it... Oh, this gave me, that gave me a little headache trying to think of what I could do to make that go down. <laughs> yeah. I was like, is it kind of pay attention? I don't know what to do. Yeah. So you're, but you don't have, you need more theta, unlike a, an, so what I want is the threshold to be the opposite, you see? Right. So I can tailor make it to fit your brain and not just at one moment in time, but all the time. So you're changing your thoughts. And because if around. I did this for a night, maybe the next day I'd need it to be adjusted. Yeah. It could be tighter or you didn't sleep as well and you might need it to be looser. That's fine. Mm. And that's the beauty of it is it's fitting your brain exactly what it needs. And what we want to do is reinforce your brain about 80% of the time. So let the movie play 80% of the time and cut off about 10% of the time. Look what's happening to this high beta here mm. was up in the 30s about five minutes ago. Yeah. You're starting to get more accustomed to what's going on. You're becoming more familiar with the screen. And the high beta, that over-focusing... Is really starting to calm down. Yeah, maybe this is why I like movies. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's very possible. I actually think that's uh, why people are binging on Netflix. That's why people binge on Netflix. You can do three or four episodes, and you're only thinking about what's going to happen to Frank. Yeah, and is the king going to return? They actually talk about that with uh, pornography too. A lot of what people enjoy about. Uh, porn addicts. It's not just necessarily sexual You're stimulation. Only in one place. It's all you can think about is is one mm. basic thing, is is tickling your arousal. <laughs> yeah, the all this other stuff for a while isn't clamoring for your attention. Yeah, so interesting. This is because when I write, I often check my email every. I reward myself if I write like a couplet of dialogue. I'll check my email or something. Maybe I shouldn't be doing that. Maybe I should just be focusing. What would be really cool is to see when you feel that sense of creativity, like in the morning, to actually be able to see what is it that you're feeling in your brain. Yeah. And with this technology, you could see that. You could see that's what's going on. So now I'm going to set up the reward and the punishment to give me more of that so that I can learn to access it quicker and quicker and quicker. Wow. So ideally, this would be like something you would follow up on. It wouldn't just be this. What's that? What I mean is we can't necessarily blueprint my entire brain and what I need in one No, but you, you already have enough on those three areas to that that's forward. what I would work on first. That's is it. to get those areas functioning because those are the predominant areas in your brain. Yeah. Get that high beta down because it's kind of like a war zone on those two sides. Yeah. And really get that calm so that it looks like the center of your brain. Fascinating. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but if somebody has numbers like... Number X and number Y for theta and high beta. And you want to get them at these numbers over here. Can you, like, say, like, probably in 20 hours? Yeah, normally uh, the brain does a flip right around 15 to 20 hours of treatment. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you're watching a half-hour you know, sitcom or you're watching a uh, two-hour movie... You know, you add that up and realize, okay, this is going to take me maybe a half a dozen movies. Mm-hmm. But you're literally going to flip that high beta in your brain. We could probably flip that in 15 to 20 hours. Oh, my gosh. And then it's a totally new normal for you <laughs> versus, you know, kind of where you're at. Oh, my God. Bobby B., the, the Forbes series, the Friends of Rob Bell series continues. Okay, but like in, in uh, the spring of 2008. Yeah. I was in bad shape, like major, major burnout. My brain was like on fire. Do you want me to pause this? Because I can I just start it. having an anxiety Bang. attack. There we go. Um, <laughs> yeah. And Doc hooked me up and did like an assessment and all that. 
And with my T1 and T2. Uh, your T3 was a 3.5. The high beta. Oh, you my remember God. we looked yeah. at your high beta was 2.6. Yeah. It was a 3.5. Oh, you'd like it to be 1.4. One, one, you'd like it to be 1.4 and I was 3.5. Yeah. That's no. like basically having your car on the driveway in park, but with the pedal all the way down. Yeah. And yeah. you're just... Yeah. Yeah. So you did this? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You did the therapy thing? Oh, tons oh yeah. Tons. You own these? Tons yeah, and tons they of have, they I have actually found out that we do own these. They have them in our garage. Yeah. I did not know this. Yeah, Kristen's an honorable family. No way. Yeah. Fascinating. Yep. Truly, truly fascinating. Yep, and uh, watching what happened to Rob's creativity once we got the 3.5 down was quite fascinating. It's unbelievable. So how do people listening, how do they follow up? I know this sounded like an infomercial. Yeah, that's oh, But yeah, seriously, how sorry. do people are going to... If this I were listening... This is not. No, no, I didn't mean that <laughs> yeah. in a bad way. I just mean if I was listening to this, I would be going crazy, being like, Rob is one of the most creative people I know. Uh, and people, everyone that I know is fascinated with optimizing yeah. their brain. Right. Well, neuro, you call this neurofeedback. Yeah, it's, a, it's neurofeedback combined with biofeedback. So we have two things going on. And is that your company? Our, the name of our company is NeuroCore. NeuroCore. Yeah. Uh, you guys build the Terminator robot. Yes, we do. <laughs> NeuroCore. <laughs> NeuroCore, okay. So people can look that up. Yeah, they go to the neurocore.com and we have equipment that people can rent right in their home. So no, you know, driving someplace, that kind of stuff. You can rent the equipment. We teach you how to use it. It's pretty cool. It's funny, you're watching the DVD to figure out how to use it, but it keeps pausing. Exactly. <laughs> you can't, you can't, I can't calm down. By the time you watch the instructional DVD, you're halfway there. <laughs> it's a six-hour DVD. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that is, that is cool? That is truly fascinating. This is one of the most interesting evenings of my life. <laughs> so thank you. That was great. What it was do you fun. Th- what do you think happens when we die? <laughs> Every episode I, ends with with a brief discussion on God. I'm almost out of battery, but we have time. Those brainwaves stop bouncing around like that. Yeah, and I think that brings us back to the wonder of the fact that these brainwaves are going 24 seven from the time you're born until the time you die, exactly. and the network of how this thing works is absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, neural connections in a baby in the mother's womb. How many connections is it making? Every minute, 100,000 connections are made in the brain when the brain's developing. Oh, my god! Isn't that amazing? And all we get is goo and God to show for it. Yeah. <laughs> how, is, how, how much energy does the brain burn? Well, se- uh, 70 to 80% of the, brain, of the energy that we use is used by the brain. So this three-and-a-half-pound bo- organ is really burning most of the energy that we're creating. It's unbelievable how much it consumes. Just like energy in the straightforward way. Caloric energy. Yeah, food, water, all that stuff. The brain is just an energy hog because it has to work so hard. I've heard that the brain runs, likes to run on glucose and like fruit and stuff is good for your brain. Is that something you've heard? Well, you're going to get the, um, you want to be careful that you don't get too much in there to make it, make the high betas go. You want to really balance uh, the two, but yes, you do need glucose mm. for it to work, you know, Definitely. and you have so many neurons in there. Here's one interesting stat is that there's more neuronal connections in your brain than there are stars in the universe. <laughs> there's a, over a quadrillion. That's one with 15 zeros. Isn't that crazy in your brain? That is inconceivable. 
Yeah, it really is. I, I have no frame of reference for that. Yeah. I'm thinking of stars at night, and that's all I got. That is amazing. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Yeah. So we got to take care of it, you know? Yeah, and work it out. Yeah. And that's it what makes we're doing sense here. that we would work it out just like you would work out any other muscle. Yep. But it's the most important and the one that wants the most energy and does the most for us. Yep. Fascinating. All right. Do we feel good? I think it was good. I Do th- you feel good? I feel fantastic. I, was I, that fun? All I want in life is to keep seeing new things, yep. you know what I mean? And things that have promise and things that are genuinely exciting. Yep. And it's not every, every day that you get to meet somebody with somebody, something truly interesting to offer. So thank you for taking the time. Yeah, it was amazing. It's awesome. And it's, we love seeing what we can do for people and seeing kids come off meds or seeing uh, adults being able to sleep at night. Yeah. Seeing people become more creative or the athletic stuff we do, seeing these athletes be able to perform at the level that they've always wanted to. I mean, it's just... Unbelievable. Uh, it's exhilarating, really, to watch it happen. That is I'm crazy. glad I get to do it. I'm yeah. glad you get to do it. I'm, I'm yeah. honored that you did it uh, with me. Bobby, thank you for setting it up. Plug the new book. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Tim, this seems so silly, but every guest says keep it crispy at the end of the show. It doesn't mean, I can explain it, but it doesn't mean anything, I promise. So I should say keep it crispy. <laughs> Especially your brain. Let's keep it crispy. That's right. Okay. <laughs> I have so no much. idea what that means. It just means good things. <laughs> there we go. This was crispy. This was crispy. Thank you so much. Yep. <laughs> now leaving Nerdist.com. 